A new era is unraveling before us, and conversation, data, and action are our only hope. Join me, Edward Cohen, a trilingual real estate entrepreneur and data guru, Jamie Fratkin, to learn together about the future of cities and how entrepreneurs are approaching our present-day challenges. The goal of this podcast is to unite real estate lovers, technology adopters, environment enthusiasts, and creators that are working towards achieving greater and fairer collaboration for all. Come sit with us and discover how investing in real estate, sustainability, entrepreneurship, and education initiatives improve our built environment, the public discourse, and climate change. Listen to industry experts, thought leaders, and rising talent using technology to improve our spaces. We'll examine diverse issues through interviews and conversations where going off on a tangent is encouraged, hoping to help you become a better entrepreneur, a more nuanced thinker, and find comfort in data. Today on Tangent, we have the opportunity to listen to and learn from Devin Wirth, CEO of TF Living, a tech-enabled amenities company providing services to residential and corporate locations across the U.S., TF Living is a one-stop platform for on-site and virtual amenities, offering their services across 29 states in over 100,000 units. Hi, Devin. Thanks for joining us. Where does this podcast find you? Edward, really appreciate you having me on. Uh, currently located in my home in South Carolina, but excited to dive in, uh, talk about the industry, and give some updates. Great having you here. Hope uh, you're staying safe and healthy down south. So, Devin, you're a serial entrepreneur with an impressive executive management track record and years of experience driving sales and growth in the technology and real estate industries. As the CEO of TF Living, you're responsible for running all facets of the business. Tell us about your entrepreneur journey that got you to the real estate amenity space and your mission, uh, your current mission to enhance the residential and tenant experience. Yeah, look, lo love to dive into that. And like most uh, entrepreneurs, we probably all have unique stories or ups or downs. Uh, but I started my journey, opened our, my first company at the age of 21, been an entrepreneur over the last 13 years. Was lucky enough when I opened up my first company, grew that, uh, which was in the personal training space in the Philadelphia and the surrounding area. Started that in 2008 and sold that in 2014. Uh, which I then took a year off, started this current company, um, TF Living, which provides, as you talked about, amenities in residential and commercial real estate around the U.S. in 2016 and have gone through that journey. I've been lucky to have tremendous mentors. Um, Richard Aller, owner and chairman of Gold Aller Real Estate Investments, got me started in the this portion of the real estate side uh, very early on. Very lucky to have him as a mentor. Um, and then, you know, within TF Living, I had great mentors like one of our board members, Brady Nolan, who was actually the the reason that we ended up and um, building technology behind the services platform, uh, and why you know a large reason where we're at today. Very interesting. Yeah, uh, mentors are always one of those uh, quality over quantity elements that every entrepreneurial journey has, and yeah, it's a uh, very very impressive indeed. And um, What are some of the immediate measures property owners and managers have been taking uh, with your help to ensure their residents have safe access to their amenities, their properties, as well as implement and enforce social distancing rules, proper sanitation to 
uh, enjoy their uh, spaces. Yeah. So look, I, I think there's been a lot of changes. I think that as we've gone through this, the uh, overly used quote has been the new norm. I think that we're all a little tired of possibly hearing that. But they haven't just changed uh, best practices just for amenity services, but really the operational procedures within all of real estate. Uh, from the amenities, uh, you know, TF Living and all of its competitors had to go virtual. And we had to v- create and shift in a very fluid manner, you know, really offering fitness and resident events through a virtual plat- platform. But be unique about it. We had to find ways to further engage with residents, finding out what they would like to do through a virtual and and, or, and really implement that through our application um, as well as a web-based platform. Uh, but you know that hasn't what we have seen that hasn't been the biggest change. Why well, I, I want to say that amenities are uh, first and foremost in all of our minds. We've seen the same shifts as uh, the biggest shift in really janitorial, the way that we're cleaning spaces, the way that we're socially distancing through it, and making sure that residents as they come in are wearing their mask. We're making sure that there's temperature checks at the front desk if there's guests. We're making sure if we're hosting a yoga class uh, outdoors and we're doing the social distance, that everybody is six feet. Everybody's still wearing a mask while they're exercising. That amenity spaces are wiped down afterwards by using you know the wonderful companies that are out there that are performing these services. So we've seen a shift through truly all parts of real estate because of this pandemic from security to uh, you know maintenance to janitorial to amenities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, funny you mentioned the catchphrase new norm, new normal, because I also don't think we are in a new normal yet. We, you know, we're still halfway through. We're still not over uh, this uh, pandemic and we're really adapting and we're still figuring out how, you know, the future of uh, multifamily, the future of uh, the spaces we used to live and work is going to look uh, like. And um, I was listening the other day to a Prologi CTO, Sinesh Keshav, you know, one of the most successful, if not the best run REIT in America right now. And, you know, to hear him saying that there's no crystal ball, there's no playbook. You just have to keep iterating and implementing technology to save, to solve uh, specific problems. It was a quite, a, you know, quite humbling, but also eye-opening to, to hear from one of the, the industry leaders in terms of technology, uh, you know, now they're considered to be playing offense, uh, you know, with the rise of e-commerce and fulfillment centers. But uh, certainly interesting to see TF Living as well, uh, trying to, you know, trying and succeeding keep while keeping up with the times and also, uh, you know, being staying on on your feet and nimble to see what the the needs for our residents and landlords will be. Yeah, look, we've had we've had and we've had wonderful partners. I mean, the biggest thing is communication. As we've gone through it, we've. Uh, our wonderful partners, whether it's at Pizzuto, Avalon Bay, PMC, Colliers on the office side, is really just making sure we keep the lines of communication open. We're sharing best practices to ensure the safety of the residents and tenants uh, of who we're serving and you know, working together to enhance the experience and all come out of this stronger on the back end. Yeah, also, I, I think you are in a quite unique position when it comes to dealing with different type of uh, partners on the residential side and the commercial side because we're also seeing a shift there in terms of time spent in terms of investments uh you know from the property owner property manager and also from the you know from the end user perspective right uh so i definitely want to uh discuss uh later in a bit about how do you see that shift from residential to commercial and 
where do you see the biggest investments? But um, for now, let's talk about how, you know, so how is technology specifically impacting landlords and property managers' decisions in how they uh, operate, use, and think of common areas in the multifamily sector or commercial going forward into the future? I think that technology is going to play a large role on where we're going forward with. And as we discussed, it's not just the amenities. I think that you're going to see uh, more virtual touring. I think that you're not going to see as many people going into leasing centers and being toured around by a leasing agent. I think that there's going to be keyless entry. I think that there's going to be sanitation wipes at every uh, sec- at every part. I think that we're going to see residents being able to access through some sort of, you know, whether it's Butterfly MX, whether it's Latch, being able to go tour units on time, uh, on specific timing in order to take a look at a property or doing it virtually. I think that you know, the technology shift will continue to be strong. I think that we're going to continue to innovate. And as, as we're learning problems in the world while you know we're, we're in this terrible crisis and pandemic, but it does cause us innovation. I mean, things like this will cause innovation and allow us to shift uh, and change and work together. It all goes back to communication. Huh? We're... Uh... Collaboration is supposed to be our superpower as a species, and nowadays we have more communication tools than ever before, yet we still find a way to uh, step in our own path. But uh, I'm, uh, I have faith, I hope, uh, with uh, entrepreneurs and solutions like TF Living that they will be able to improve communication and most importantly that they, that landlord-tenant relationship. I think that landlord-tenant relationship really has, been, uh, has uh, not been at a great place. Uh, in recent times, and hopefully technology and goodwill entrepreneurs will uh, get us to a better place. Now, talking about specific markets and uh, vacancies here in New York City, uh, vacancies hovering above 4%, which for any market might sound ideal, but for New York, it's a, it's a borderline catastrophe. And, uh, you know, estimates by CHIP, the Community Housing Improvement uh, Program, uh, which is an industry group encompassing tens of thousands of apartments, estimates that vacancies approaching 10% in New York City. Rent regulation laws in New York City assume that vacancy must be lower than 5%, otherwise the regulations don't apply. I can't imagine this expiring, and I see definitely see uh, Albany you know, making amends to this uh, vacancy threshold. But uh, how do you see, in particular, New York City and Tier 1 markets such as San Francisco uh, adapting to this new normal? I think that we're already in the progress of it. I think what you're seeing is a lot of legislation talking about um, eviction and the rights around evictions based off of what's happening. I think that it's going to continue to progress. Um, I think that it's going to, we're going to see shifts in budget from the institutional landlords and the owners uh, as, as we're going through it from cutting certain things like different amenity services or things of that nature. But as as we're continuing to navigate through the current pandemic i think that there will be increased uh you know there'll be increased uh you know we're going to see occupancy go down is what we're going to see and we're going to find great companies that are going to be shifting and making sure that the needs of the residents i think one of the things that we're going to truly watch out for is when things like ppp start to be paid back uh, there's going to be further unemployment. I think that we're going to see unemployment uh, start to rise again. I think that we're going to see some either restructuring or bankruptcies start to occur from the payments that will uh, 
have to be repaid from these companies based off whether it's two or five years on what they qualify for. So I think it's got to be closely watched. And I think that we're going to see a lot of legislation start to be passed to protect renters. So this way we don't see pe- more people on the streets. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, the, the housing affordability and eviction crisis is not something new, but now that it's uh, looming and happening, I mean, uh, on one hand, we do have the the small mom and pop landlords who uh, you know need to make uh, their their mortgage payments and they're suffering, but the risk of of being homeless uh, is is undoubtedly uh, a worse risk to face. Uh, now, uh, staying on a similar topic, but uh, you know, just thinking of how cities and trends are compared within the U.S. Uh, you founded TF Living in uh, 2016 with a mission to provide affordable amenities to all communities so that more individuals could have access to similar experiences and services. Today, TF Living is available on over 300 locations. So in the past decade, we've seen an influx of residents relocating from high-tax, tier one, uh, 24-7 cities, like we were mentioning just now, New York City, San Francisco, uh, to uh, 18-7 cities which includes the Denver's, the Austin's, the Nashville's. Any thoughts on this trend going forward? Where's the next Austin? What are the elements that a city needs to thrive and be considered? What I, what I think are the three most important things for a city, which are cheap, smart, and fun to attract talent? Yeah, I think that we're going to constantly see that. I think that we're not going to see a shift away from urban to suburban markets, but we're going to see... Um, Individuals just focusing more on affordability and also just as important walkability. Uh, the reason people thrive in New York is because of the economics, but also the walkability of things that are entertaining uh, from Broadway to the great restaurants, etc. And we're finding that starting to be built you know, within all major cities, as you discussed, Austin's a a great growing area, not just from the residential side, you know, has a thriving technology entrepreneurs that are constantly popping up there. I think that Nashville will be another uh, closely watched city as we're starting to evolve. And then you're going to constantly see that going into, you know, various places. So uh, if I had to make a bet onto the next, um, the next, you know, major city that will start to inhabit a hub, I mean, I think that I don't want to say Austin because we've just discussed that, but I think Nashville will be also another place that we're going to take a close eye on for evolving companies and technology. I personally have not been to Nashville yet, unfortunately. Uh, I, I have heard, again, many things I've read and, you know, discovered very interesting particular aspects of uh, the Nashvilles. I do think there's an aspect to a formula for a winning city in America, at least, that you do need some sort of a critical mass and density. So I don't know if it's it's there yet. You know, the, the Nashvilles, uh, even Burlington, you know, uh, changing the narrative of a place takes longer. So I think Nashville definitely has that, that narrative going for it now. And, uh, you know, I think if, if a city can pass the, the long weekend test, uh, you know, either can you go there for business and a bachelor or bachelorette party, you're you're a winning city. So I, I do, you know, even though I'm a big believer and I'm still hoping New York City comes back sooner rather than later, I I, I definitely see the, the benefits of relocating to cities that are more affordable and that have almost the same, you know, scene, if you will, and talent uh, attraction. Yeah, and as you discussed, I mean, there's been cities that have done it. Denver was another big one that went to a tier one city throughout this, you know, over the last couple of years of just enabling businesses, being business friendly, while also creating walkability from the various neighborhoods that it offers. 
On Tangent, instead of sponsored ads, we have Stimulus, where we dedicate a minute of airtime to amplify an entrepreneur building a business that is making a difference. Today on Stimulus, we have student entrepreneur Ilan Orhel and his lifestyle brand Fusion 100, which he created and launched from his dorm while attending the University of Maryland Business School. Ilan's and Fusion 100's mission to inspire people to become the best versions of yourself is something we all strive for every day. How can you better yourself today? Wear a damn mask! Fusion 100 has designed comfortable and reusable face masks available for only $7.99, shipping worldwide. Visit fusion100co.com, that's F-U-S-I-O-N-1-0-0-C-O.com to get a mask and support this young entrepreneur making a difference in the e-commerce world and get 15% off for the whole catalog by using the discount code TANGENT. That's fusion100co.com, discount code T-A-N-G-E-N-T. Keep rocking it, Ilan. If you are an entrepreneur or small business owner who would like their company or product featured on Stimulus, email us at tangentcommunity at gmail.com. And now, back with our friend of Tangent. All right. Now, let's... So you offer a wide variety of amenities, so we can uh, dive in a little bit within each category. I think uh, there's a lot to unpack here. So uh, TF Living offers both on-site and virtual amenities, like we said, you know, allowing for a customized solution for any budget. Uh, as you mentioned, these include uh, from fitness to wellness programs, as well as pet care services, social events, and other offerings. Lately, you know, there's a big focus around health, around communication, around wellness. So uh, will amenities be more service-oriented going forward? Yeah, I think what we're going to see is that we, uh, our chief operating officer, Jason Deppen, and the team work very diligently to create best practices to start to go on site. I think what we're going to see for the foreseeable future is a hybrid of services, is that the virtual component is not going to go away. And there's going to be limited capacity to make sure that we're, we're, we're using best practices from you know, sanitation and just really operational procedures. But I think we're going to see a hybrid solution. I think we're going to see you know, people still participating in yoga classes or mixology classes on site. But I think for the next really 18 to 24 months, we're also going to see most of these services being live streamed to allow others to participate from their units or while they're traveling traveling or you know if they want to stream it with their friends etc we're going to start seeing these services you know on a little more wider broadcast to make sure that there's you know there's room for everybody yeah yeah and as uh as the tiktok generation grows i can definitely see those uh, activities becoming even more engaging and even more uh annoying personally <laughs> with uh, a lot of emojis no i i'm i really have enjoyed uh you know doing remote activities uh you know keeping keeping healthy whilst being able to connect with fellow colleagues. I think there's been this sort of a magical discovery to it. Oh, we had all these tools and technology, but we weren't using them fully or we weren't really, you know, uh, we weren't really embracing it fully as, you know, as a Greek philosopher Plato said, you know, the necessity is the mother of all inventions. So uh, here we are. In terms of remote work, so yeah, you were pointing out how you, uh, you know, work with the likes of Bazudo on the residential side and Colliers on the commercial side. The remote work, work from home approach means, at least for the foreseeable future, residents spending less time in their offices, more time in their homes or wherever they decide to uh, relocate. So uh, opportunities for, for home office amenities, virtual conference room, equipment rental, you know, do you, do you see uh, any of these? 
Yeah. So we personally see that there's going to be a shift. Um, you know, we're watching developers like related group who's starting to put in co-working spaces within uh, their, their their beautiful communities or the same thing with like the new Tishman Spire building being built in Washington, D.C. is that we're going to see a shift and we're also going to see a shift in the way people are leasing. So, for example, um, I think that companies like Print With Me uh, are you know, a mobile solution uh, that are you know really doing amazing things for apartment complexes to make sure that renters have access to printing, ink, etc. will be further utilized within the multifamily space as well as the office space to allow that. But what we're going to see is that people who are traditionally leasing 10, 12, 15,000 square feet are going to start decreasing their office space. Our prediction, our hypothesis on this scenario is that they're going to be more just WeWork-esque in the ability to just come in, sit at an open table, work if you would like to, get together with your colleagues, and work from home. What we're seeing is that people can work from home. We can work remotely, but there is going to be there's going to be issues as you know parents will face it coming up with the with the schooling of how do you do it with another significant other at home with children at home. We're going to be constantly working around that, but I think that there'll be a shift in mainly the retail and office sector from the commercial space, and multifamily will continue to adapt to allow these amenities for people to access. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, as as we've seen. Uh, the hospitality component entering uh, not only commercial and retail, you know, the experiential side and the amenitization of it, but also now into the multifamily. Uh, you know, previously it was mostly in the in the luxury uh, product, but now we're seeing it more to a larger uh, amount of residents, uh, thanks to also digital solutions such as uh, the ones TF Living offered. And uh, since you mentioned a uh, very important distinction. Uh, between the you know distributed workforce that we have now between parents and non-parents, I think that's a uh, you know it, it's definitely worth uh, saying that I'm sure the parents are having a much harder tr- uh, much harder time adapting to this uh, new normal, and and they definitely will be looking forward to schools reopening and uh, actually a good segue for discussing our remote learning and. You know, what about uh, learning pods, tutoring services, remote learning amenities? Do you see an opportunity there or is it going to be temporary? I think that we're going to see um, tremendous opportunity there, not just over the next 18 to 24 months. But I think that you're going to start seeing um, further small group environments until there's some sort of vaccination that's, you know, not only just put out into the world, but then we have to figure out timing with side effects, et cetera, until a vaccine is developed. So I think that we're going to see a lot of small group learning. I think we're going to see open opportunity for the gig economy to continue to flourish through that sector about allowing teachers to come into homes, making sure that there's three, four, five groups of students that are working together and getting the education they need. So I think that we're going to see a lot of uh, not just technology-enabled solutions with this, but also further work for the gig economy as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's a, well, what a time to be alive in terms of if you're, if you're a student right now. I know there's a lot of sectors of society that are, that are suffering, that are, have not been going through a good time, particularly the Black and Latino communities at the forefront of, of uh, you know, essential services and being uh, disproportionately affected by the virus. But uh, I, I definitely, I'm definitely hoping that uh, things will get better and, you know, we'll go back to normal. Uh, in terms of uh, in-home fitness and remote fitness, uh, you know, 
with your fitness background, you know, the like uh, the the rise of the the Pelotons, uh, you know, Mirror being acquired for half a billion dollars by Lululemon, their stock went up overnight like six percent. It was the the market did reward them. So then again, I did see a picture of these uh, bubbles at a yoga studio, uh, you know, people being separated by these like alien looking bubbles, and and I just I don't see that happening long term, but uh, what's your take on remote work, on remote fitness, in-home fitness trend? I, I think it's going to continue to thrive for the foreseeable future. Uh, as you discussed, I mean, my prediction personally, I don't want to speak for the company, is that the bubbles that some of these studios are starting to try to implement are just not going to be cost effective. And we're going to see costs continuing to rise in an economy that is not continuing to flourish right now. Uh, so I, I don't see that being a long-term solution. I think it's uh, a band-aid while we're trying to figure that out. So the need for virtual services will continue to flourish. I think that companies will continue to take a look at what is the user experience? How are we best engaging with the people who are using these services and making sure that the experience is there? Uh, Like you said, Lululemon acquiring Mirror for a half a billion dollars showed that there's going to be a further need for this. And I think that that need will continue to resonate just from, not just from the direct-to-consumer component, but also from the B2B component, as there are some missing things in real estate right now that I feel in the amenity world that will eventually become a solution. Yeah, no, definitely a lot of, you know, uh, again, going back to Peloton, it's a nice experience and the gamification and the the group competitive, but uh, it's it's quite cost prohibitive for most of the population. And, uh, you know, I, I definitely think there's more cost effective and equally as engaging solutions that a TF Living has at their disposal. Uh, you touched briefly on the gig economy. Uh, and this is a, a topic that, uh, you know, uh, applies not only to real estate, but also to other sectors of the industry. You know, could you talk about how is it you to foster uh, and create an engaging network of professionals in a distributed manner? Because you, uh, again, cover 20, 25 plus cities. So can you, you know, walk us through how has that been and that transition now to being fully remote and, you know, keeping them engaged and with work? Yeah, look, we're, we're very fortunate. Uh, we have an incredible team. At the end of the day, I think that communication, as we discussed earlier, is going to be the biggest factor here. Um, how are we being transparent? When is the shift from virtual to going back in person? What are the timelines? Because the gig economy is very affected through this process, and we're seeing that incomes are down, especially from companies you know that are using independent contractors. Uh, take a look at the, what happened in California with Uber and Lyft. But the biggest thing is that we need to constantly stay in communication with the gig economy, give them updates, give them some sort of projected timelines as, as we're continuing to move forward through this current pandemic. You know, we had we, we, we had roughly about 1,300 people on the street that were performing, our, our talent is what we call them, that were performing fitness services, dog walking, um, and different services like that, that we just stay in contact with. We have monthly newsletters, Facebook groups, and, you know, we strive to stay in contact and be as transparent as possible. Yeah, that's... Uh... Definitely the the right way of looking at them, and you know, as a essential part and in the, in the soul of your of your business and your raison d'être, your reason of being. But uh, that's great. I yeah, that in California, the Uber and Lyft, I think uh, they got a temporarily a temporary court order that suspended them uh, from the you know needing to provide uh, healthcare and the new designation for their workers. But uh, that's going to be a long battle and whatever. 
whatever results from California's decision, I think the rest of the country and other countries will will most likely follow. I mean, I do think uh, European nations are are way ahead of of us in terms of uh, regulating uh, these companies. Not necessarily saying that they should be uh, regulated, but there's definitely there's definitely a need for uh, gig workers to be uh, taken care of more. Yeah, look, I, I think that there's ways to do that that aren't so cost prohibitive to companies. If I'm going to be transparent, as you know, a company that does use independent contractors for its services, uh, making sure that we're abiding by the federal guidelines of what is an independent contractor. Are we giving them the autonomy to pick up work or not pick up work? Very similar to what Uber does. But I think that what we're going to see is the IC community start to band together to then, as, as doctors do, as lawyers do, to then use buying powers for it. And we're going to see companies, I predict, like Uber or Lyft or TF Living or WAG or Rover, that will start being helping the independent contractor and the gig economy to form these industries. So this way they have access to healthcare, 401ks, et cetera, as, as uh, any uh, W-2 employee would within a company. Definitely. I'd love to see that. And uh, Airbnb IPO last week, uh, the home share unicorn, which uh, was most recently valued at 18 billion, down from 31 billion, offered a few details beyond uh, confirming it has submitted a confidential filing with the SEC to go public. Airbnb launched both in-person and virtual experiences for travelers last year. How do you see uh, them going forward? And even though they didn't provide too many details, uh, we do know that they. Uh, have laid off uh, 25% of its staff uh, during the pandemic and, you know. So I think that Airbnb will continue to change. I think that what we're going to see from places like Airbnb or the likes of Sonder in the real estate space is that you're going to see more long-term options in order to stay because people aren't traveling as frequent, but they may want to be more nomadic in their approach of visiting cities, but staying there for a month or two months at a time. I think that within this, the amenity space overall, is that that's that's truly what we're going to see is that hospitality and travel is not just going to stop, but it won't be as frequent for the foreseeable future. So we're going to see extended length of stay. We're going to see uh, people like Airbnb, I, I believe, focus more on the amenities that people can book within the cities while they're there to practice uh, within safe practices. Yeah, surely it's going to be an interesting one in uh I think the market will uh, receive them in a in a way that you know there's there's this appetite for tech companies going public, such as uh, Lemonade and Zoom Info, seeing their stock soar after IPOs this summer. So uh, surely it's going to be an interesting uh, company to see. Devin, uh, we wanna you look pretty comfortable over there. You we wanna put you uh, in the discomfort zone, and uh, we want to challenge you to share a professional or personal anecdote about an opinion or perspective that you had in the past that you have changed your mind about? Uh, so for me personally, COVID has allowed a time of reflection. I think that what many of us thought has truly made us happy, whether it's constant you know, drive for professional growth or you know, I don't believe money it should be a driving factor, but I believe that growth should be a driving factor. People, I think that young entrepreneurs will learn that all the time. For me personally, uh, having gone through this is that I was a guy who constantly was on the go and went through a change where it made me slow down and allowed me to truly realize what I wanted through my life, uh, personally and professionally, and what truly made me happy. So most things that pe people don't know about me, I went through 
uh, a depression. I think that a lot of people do. And then that's why COVID allowed that to, I guess, come out a little bit more, allow me to go through, seek professional help, as I think that many of us should talk to therapists. I think that they're great things and allow allow this portion of our lives to truly take that time to reflect, see what we want and you know make those changes uh to allow us to be happy as individuals thank you for for sharing that up you know personal note i'm sure our listeners will uh you know will appreciate a, a breath of uh you know fresh authenticity and you know showing vulnerability while leading uh, a company uh, at a national level i think i read uh, recently that uh, around a third of americans we are uh, either going through a mild undiagnosed depression or uh uh, you know, and I was actually surprised. I would expect it to be higher given the circumstances around us, but uh, definitely it has been a time to, you know, take a step back, two steps forward uh, eventually and appreciate that, uh, Devin. And last but not least, what advice would you give to your 20-year-old self if you were starting your career right now in, in real estate, in, in the amenity space, or what would you, what would you tell yourself? Continue to surround yourself with professionals who can help guide and want to be mentors. I think one of the biggest things that uh, not just young entrepreneurs or just uh, young individuals who are starting their workforce career, but people of all walks of life is that uh, we joke when account management or sales reps come into the company. Um, I, I give a joke and it does not mean to be demeaning in any way. It's like, what is rule number one in order to make sure that we're selling through or finding out what our clients want? And the answer is shut up, like listen. The more that we can listen and form it into our own opinions, I would tell my young self is to listen more, uh, understand that you don't know everything and that you know, knowledge is power. Uh, the more that we can take from individuals who have been there, it'll allow us to make less mistakes in life and always be open to learning and growing. That's great. Listen more. Devin, where can our listeners find you and TF Living? Website, social media? Yep. Uh, listeners can find us. Uh, TFLiving.com is the best way to reach the company. Uh, if anybody ever needed any advice or anything else, they can reach me directly at Devin, D-E-V-I-N, at TFLiving.com. And you know, truly appreciate you having me on, Edward, uh, talking about the industry, amenities, and the real estate sector in general. We'll make sure to add that information in the episode description. Mr. Devin Wirt, thank you once again for being here with us today. Very interesting insights into the present and future of amenities and to learn from your personal experience as well. That is it for today. This has been your Tangent host, Edward Cohen. If you like what you heard, please share this podcast with a friend. Thanks for listening and remember, stay curious and always be learning.